ancient roots, modern paths, exploring Orisha and Ifa wisdom. This captivating podcast will take you on a transformative journey where ancient wisdom meets modern practice. I am your host, Ianifa Ekundayo Ekuntonisin. I'm a devoted student of the West African Yoruba spiritual tradition. Join me on a journey that blends ancient wisdom with modern practice. We'll delve into the sacred teachings that have guided generations for millennia. We'll uncover insights and practices to guide and shape your life path. Subscribe now and join our secret community as we unlock and apply the profound wisdom of Orisha and Ifa to everyday living. Welcome. Welcome back. I'm really excited for this topic today, uh, five myths about Orisha Ifa tradition. <laughs> so you might be wondering, Ia, why are you, you know, why are you making this particular, uh, this particular podcast? Well, because I think there's a lot of myths about this tradition. And so some of these are going to be a little tongue in cheek and some of them will be hopefully very helpful for you. But there are some myths that I think uh, tend to be pervasive in the tradition um, for a lot of reasons, misinformation, uh, different interpretations based on geography, based on lineage. So there's a, you know, and then all that stuff kind of gets smooshed together, especially here in a diaspora and people start to add their own interpretation or they add their traditions into the, uh, the Isheshe Lagba tradition coming from the Yoruba of uh, West Africa. And then it just sort of turns into this whole mishmash. So today I'm going to talk about uh, some of the myths that I've heard or experienced or that, yeah, I've experienced them. Some. <laughs> so myth number one is that, you know, you go, let's say, you know, you're, you've gone, you've gotten your divination and the Yanifar or Babalao says, you know, you have to do this particular ritual, this performance, and then all of these blessings. Ifa has all these blessings. You might have a no do that says, you know, Ifa sees for you, you know, the, the blessing of a house in this new Ifa year. And, you know, you just have to do this one. You have to give this one offering. And you're like, cool. So you go out and you get all of the ritual materials together and the ritual is performed and then you sit and wait. And you look around, you look up the street, you look down the street and you, and you sit in your rocking chair and you wonder, why don't I have a house? I don't understand. I performed the rituals. Ifa said that in this year I will have the, I will, I will, I will be given a house. So myth number one is it don't work like that. <laughs> It requires action on your part. It requires preparation on your part. And it requires patience on your part. Let me say on our part. Because Ifa's words, even though a Babalao or Ianifa will say in this year, let's say you go for an annual divination, you know, let's say you're doing your annual uh, Ifa celebration. Again, if you're initiated to Ifa, and you know the the Odu comes and it says, you know, Ifa says that you will have the blessing of a new home in this Ifa year, which is 12 months from now, when you come back for your next Odu Ifa celebration, and you're like, cool, I'm gonna have a house, and you know, you do all the rituals, but often that's where we stop. 
And really, in actuality, that's where we need to start. Because the ritual, whatever the ritual is, whatever sacrifices are required, that's one aspect of this. And I think a lot of times people get very frustrated with the tradition and believe like, oh, it's it's not real. It, it doesn't actually work. I didn't get the house. I didn't get the spouse, the car, the whatever. So I will tell you that ritual alone is not enough. You also have to do your own personal work. If you are to get a house, do you think that Oludumari, Orumila, and whatever Orisha and your Ori are going to get together on a street corner and go, you know, house shopping on realtor.com? <laughs> like, do you think that's what's going to happen? No, right? We, we still have to be prepared. What does that mean? Ifa says I'm supposed to have a house. Well, if I'm broke and I have a, you know, 200 credit score, I'm not sure what house I'll get unless it's something that I get inherited. And then if I inherit a house... I have to be mentally and spiritually prepared to take care of that house so I don't lose it, okay? So it's important that when these messages come, the first thing that it's important to do is to sit with them and really understand, you know, this is where we need to activate our re and really understand what is required of me in order to have this blessing. Because it'll take me to my second point. These are five myths. So the first myth is, Performing rituals is enough. That is not true. That is a myth. You have to also take action, preparation, uh, diligence. The second part of this is the Orisha Ifa tradition is magic. I just had to, you know, wash with some black soap and I had to make a sacrifice and it's all magic. Um, no, it's not. It is magical but it is not abracadabra, wave a magic wand, and my life will be, my life will be, my life will have everything together. No, 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 no. It does not work like that. Because, well, why? Well, a couple of things. Let's say that your character is spoiled to the core, right? Ifa can say you have a blessing of a beautiful spouse coming. But if you're someone who does not have the spirit, let's say, let's say if you're someone who is, um, who is consistently cheating on anyone that you are in relationship with, that beautiful spouse may come and go because your character isn't aligned to take care of the sanctity of that relationship. Very important. Ifa, the Orisha Ifa tradition is magical, but it is not magic. Again, you, all, we, all of us, we have to be diligent about developing our character, our personal development, our self-growth, our self-development, our self-discovery. Those are critical elements. So it is a myth if you have been told or if you interpret that if I just do these things, all my troubles will go away. You have to be developing yourself. Like I've said multiple times, this tradition is one of the most powerful personal self-discovery systems I have ever encountered. And I've been around a few different things. It is extraordinary, but it requires personal work and effort, right? Okay, that takes me to my third myth. Drum roll. 
My third myth is, well, Ephah and the Orisha said, I'm going to get all these blessings. I don't have any blessings yet. All I've had is struggle, tribulation, trials, difficulties ever since I went for that divination. And they told me I had basically pots of gold all around me. I've only had challenge. Okay, yeah, that's true. Guess why? Let's say, and I'm, this doesn't happen, but I'm, well, no, actually this, this can happen. Ifa says, so divination happened. Ifa says that you, uh, you will, you will have, you will have much money in your life. You will have so much money. You won't know what to do with it all. Okay. So let's say that that, that's your message and you're sitting on the mat and you're like, woo, he, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be wealthy. I'm going to have all of this fantastic money. But you right now have a 200 credit score. Uh, you've been fired from your job and you actually steal money from people in different ways. So your character has to be developed. You've got to do the hard work to get your credit score up, right? Because when you do that hard work to get your credit score up, you begin to appreciate and understand how money works. You begin to take ownership and responsibility and accountability for your finances. Again, it isn't magic. It is magical, however. Um, so, you know, you get your credit score together. Then the next thing you have to work on is your character. Why are you stealing money from people? Right? What's that about? And I, and I use this loosely, but, you know, hopefully the point is made that if Ifa says we have blessings, we have to do the work to create the proper field. Like if you think about a big farm, right? And if it's overgrown with all of the, you know, the farmer comes, let's say you're the farmer, you come and you're like, look at this beautiful land I have. But as you're looking at the farm, it's, it's filled with, you know, big tree stumps and rocks and, you know, vegetation and all this stuff. And you pronounce, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm going to be a farmer. I'm going to grow amazing, you know, uh, corn in this big field. Well, yeah, that's the blessing. Or maybe, you know, someone from the agricultural office said, this is a perfect field, perfect pH, everything you need in order to grow corn here. And you're like, great, you're the farmer, you're like, that's cool. But you look at a field that is filled with stumps and rocks and weeds and it's overgrown. So in order to prepare that field, this is like preparing yourself, you have to start to do the work to remove the stumps, the rocks, the weeds, so that you can create a space where fresh seeds can take hold. So blessings, the ifa tells you you have blessings, yes, and typically they come First, with challenges, because those challenges are designed. Ifa, again, is extraordinary. Those challenges are designed to get you to develop yourself, to put you in the right position to be able to actually not only receive the blessings, but to take good care of them. So another myth, and this is, this is, a, this is a little outside of the personal development, but there is a myth that is running rampant um, that says one of the uh, one of the Orisha called Eshu, that Eshu is evil, Eshu is the devil, Eshu is Satan. And so that is a straight up myth. And it's actually even more prof profound than a myth. The movement to describe Eshu as the devil came through the Christian missionaries 
when they when they came into Yoruba land in Nigeria. And they're, they're, what they were intentionally seeking to do was how to basically um, basically water down to make ineffective this spiritual tradition of the Yoruba people. The Yoruba people were very powerful, um, had very powerful kingdoms, had very powerful civil, a very powerful civilization. And so effectively the missionaries that came to colonize and the colonists that came realized that the Ifa Arisha tradition was so incredibly powerful and in, in keeping its people whole and united and connected that missionaries were, were uh, de de deployed to start to figure out how to, how to undermine and weaken the system of spiritual thought. And so what then and I learned this just actually this past weekend at an Oduni Fa festival, I was listening to a very um very influential Babalao who shared how um how the Christian missionaries started to study the Ifa Orisha tradition and started to study the Orisha and started to study how the system worked, how the culture, how the culture uh, engaged with the with the system of of spiritual uh, thought and practice, and they began to discover that for every Orisha there was an issue. So every Orisha had its own issue, um, and as you study more, you'll understand more about this. So let's say if it's Obatala, there was a an issue that was venerated before going to Obatala. If there was Shango, there was an issue. If there was Oshun, there was an issue, right? And so what, what, the, what the Christian missionaries began to realize was that Eshu, which is actually the divine balancer, the universal policeman, some will say, uh, the messenger, uh, that that messenger, that that energy was actually an energy that was connected to every single Orisha. And that coming to Eshu first to open the path, open the way to communication, divine communication, uh, divine the the, the 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 taking of of ebos and prayers, um, the sacrifices and prayers to other Orisha, to Rumila, Oludamari, what have you. That Eshi was the first place that people came, and so with that, there was a man named Samuel Crowther, who was a Yoruba man who became a Christian missionary and was the first Yoruba-speaking person to translate the Bible, the Christian Bible, into Yoruba. And the way that it was done was that as various, um, as various uh, uh, aspects of the Bible were mapped to, uh, to use language from the Yoruba tradition, as Eshu, looking at Eshu, for example, Eshu was matched to the devil because it actually neutralized people's belief in Eshu as the, you know, the divine balancer, the, the universal police officer, the, 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 the figure that stands at the crossroads and, you know, and, and shows you the different options you have. But in doing that, it completely neutralized one very important aspect of the tradition. So once Eshu was considered to be Satan or the devil, then 
the next step of that was to start to get inside the minds of Yoruba-speaking people and tell them through the lens of Christianity that if you're celebrating or venerating Eshu, you're actually celebrating evil. You're celebrating the devil. So another myth is that Eshu is evil or Eshu is the devil. That is absolutely 100% not true. And feel free to, to Google Samuel Crowther. Um, different folks will write different things about him, but he was a Yoruba man who had become a Christian missionary. He translated the English Bible, Christian Bible, into Yoruba, and part of that effort was to actually neutralize the Ifa Orisha tradition by uh, by vilifying Eshu. So that's a myth that uh, it is a myth that Eshu is Satan or the devil. In Yoruba, and I will talk about this, but in this tradition, there is no concept of an evil, like an evil entity. There is concept of balancing, so good forces and bad forces, and I'll talk about those, the ajagun. Um, the ajagun are things like 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 death, sickness. Those are ajaguns. Those are those are you know negative negative forces that bring the world out of balance. All right. So the last myth that everyone should know about. If you are in this tradition, if you are a new student and you're on any social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, what have you, um, and you're, you know, you might be liking different posts by different Babalaos or Ianifas from Nigeria or from Brazil or anywhere else, um, and you get um, a myth, I mean, sorry, you get a, a message from one of them that says, you know, greetings, beloved, you're so fantastic and amazing. Your Egun, your ancestors spoke to me last night and they told me that I needed to talk to you. And they said to me that, that you know, I needed to deliver messages to you that they've only conveyed to me and I am to convey them to you. So if you're new, you might be like, oh my gosh, this Baba Lao from Nigeria reached out to me. This is so amazing. I can't believe it. And then you'll communicate with them. And then they'll tell you, oh, you know, I can do divination for you. It will cost you this amount of money. And then once that happens, then you can, you know, then there's other, there's other costs. Okay. So the myth is your ancestors, my ancestors, they do not go over and find random strangers um, to talk to and say that you need to do work on their behalf with some random stranger. Okay. So this is a little tongue in cheek, but this is really, these are big issues that are going on and people are getting ripped off or they think that they're getting something that they're not because they're also, so, so let me also, let me just clarify as a Baba Lao or Ianifa, we do not solicit business. Like we don't go out and go, Oh, your ancestor spoke to me last night and you need to come and, and do divination with me for 65 bucks or $150 or whatever. No, 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 no. We can teach. We can, we can teach. We can show. We can talk about. Like, that's part of why, why I'm doing this podcast because I do want to, I want people to, you know, maybe have the benefit of some of the lessons, the hard lessons that I've learned. Um, but we do not go out and solicit. We don't, we don't like tell people, you know, I can see in your aura that like I need to do divination for you. No, 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 no. That is not how we work. And so myth, myth number five is that your ancestors are running around the world finding random people to talk to you on social media and tell you that there needs to be a No, 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 no. It doesn't happen. The moment that happens, you can delete those people. You can block those people. 
Um, or you can tell them, yeah, my ancestors don't speak to anyone but me. Uh, you can also do that. So five myths. Um, first, rituals. Just performing rituals is enough. No, it is not. You have to do the work, the self-development, the, the personal development work in order to create the space for your blessings. Um, the Arisha Ifa tradition is magical, but it is not magic. It is not abracadabra and things poof and disappear and all that kind of stuff. No, we got to work. We got to do the work. Uh, number three, um, don't doubt the words of Ifa. Ifa's words do not fall to the floor. When there are blessings that are coming for us, that also means that there are probably challenges that we're going to experience right off the bat because there's something about us that needs to grow and develop. Um, number four, Eshu is the devil. Absolutely not true. Eshu is a messenger, a divine balancer, a divine communicator, but Eshu is not evil or Satan or the devil. And number five, drum roll, your ancestors only talk to you. They do not talk to random people on the internet. So with that, I hope you have a great day. Odavo. Thank you for joining us on the Ancient Roots Modern Paths, exploring Orisha and Ifa Wisdom podcast. To learn more about this tradition, join our community at www.ifadestiny.com. Join us to explore and grow together on this spiritual journey. Please subscribe, like, share, and invite others to hear and participate in our podcast as we spread the wisdom of Orisha and Ifa across the globe.